Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. We are super excited for you to listen to this week's episode. Jan Smith joined us, who is a homeschooling veteran and homeschool leader. And what she has to say is incredibly encouraging. This episode is brought to you by Teaching Textbooks, an award-winning math program for homeschoolers that is sure to make you and your children smile. So let's get started. Here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Hey, everybody. We're excited to have uh, Jan Smith with, with us. Um, and before we go to Jan, because I just want to give everybody kind of an update, Ben, uh, you're expecting a baby in a couple of weeks. How is Rissa doing? Horrible. Well, I mean, I guess she's doing as good as can be, but she is so uncomfortable. She just hurts all the time and she's pretty much near near breakdown, but she's, I guess, as good as can be expected. So hopefully uh, she'll, you know, survive these last couple of weeks if it, you know, if it is that long. But we were both saying it just feels like it could be sooner than all the way to the, oh, whole, really? you know, I don't know, who knows, but we're hoping. I don't. And you're, uh, you're, you've got a project you're working on. As soon as we finish, uh, uh, as soon as we close this off, we're go- I'm going to run over to your house and we're going to work on it. What are you doing? We're, uh, Rissa, so we did a natural birth, uh, or Rissa did. Uh, and so she, she, they said, well, if you have a tub, you can, you know, soak in that during the contractions at the beginning and it kind of, kind of helped through some of that. So we had a little tiny one that was real shallow. So we got a bigger one and we're putting in a new tub and shower and tile and everything. But uh, I didn't realize she wanted it that quickly. So we started last weekend or two weekends ago now, I guess. And it's just been a huge project. So we're trying to get it all tiled and everything. Keep, (laughs) you know, not getting the right thing. And then it gets too late in the evening. And yeah, so it's a huge mess. But we're Mm -hmm. hopefully getting near the end here. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I am super excited. And everybody listening, you are just going to have your socks encouraged off. Um, because uh, we have Jan Smith with us tonight. And uh, now I should, there is nothing wrong with your audio. This is the way she really talks. Um, (laughs) 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 Now, if you're down south, you're going to think it's perfect. But the rest of us, we should have little subscripts under here because you might (laughs) notice that Jan talks like um, someone from Gone with the Wind. Uh, she, she is a, but I don't want to steal her thunder. I'm going to let her introduce herself. So Jan, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and you can tell us where you live too. Well, I am from Louisiana. And so I know I do say a lot of words with double syllables that are supposed to be single, but that's just the way it is. (laughs) And, um, actually a friend of mine, when we lived in Kentucky, she was from Wisconsin and my sisters came to visit and she pulled me aside and said, okay, they can stop now. And I said, no, they're not picky. That's really how we talk. So anyway, (laughs) uh, we, my husband's a physician and when we were in medical school, we met a family that was homeschooling from Oregon and we've never heard of such. And we've been married for 38 years now. Our oldest son is 35 and we just thought that sounded like the coolest thing ever. And um, in residency in Kentucky, we met another family that homeschooled. And God called us back to my hometown in Windsor, Louisiana. And we started homeschooling. And everybody thought it was because we were prejudiced and didn't want to send our kids to school with um, you know, other people. And we said, no, it's not that. You know, wherever we lived, this is what we feel we would do. And because it's uh, hard for people that started homeschooling now to realize that nobody knew a homeschooler when we started. 
and we were the only ones in our area. And so we felt free, you know, and um, it was scary, just like it is now. But we didn't feel the pressure that some of the people feel now because it was an experiment. It was it was God had called us to do this. We were excited that they would have the opportunity to learn what they wanted to learn and how we wanted to learn it without anybody breathing down our neck. And we certainly weren't comparing ourselves to each other on Facebook or in co-op or anything else like that. And so um, it was kind of the grand experiment at that time. Mm. Now, you said you had a, your oldest is 35. And I know you have you have a couple other kids. Uh, you want to tell us about them? do we have a daughter that is 32 uh, a second son that's 30 and one that just turned 28 last week wow. so they are all grown we homeschooled all the way they all went to college and um on one scholarship form or another and they are all productive citizens and love the lord and love one another and um they're not perfect by any means but None of them, nobody is, but they love learning and they love each other and love us, which is a miracle. That's, That's awesome. an amazing thing. Any grandkids well, then? Yeah. We do. The oldest one, um, none of them got married until they were older. They all, all three boys are married and they all married homeschool girls, which was not a prerequisite on our part, <laughs> you know, but um, they just, they saw a unique difference about those girls and yeah. they ended up with homeschool girls and um, very happily married and all in ministry of one sort or another. So it's a blessing. Well, I know that the, the, the people who can understand you uh, down in Louisiana, um, tell them where you live in Louisiana, uh, because you're going to say some names that everybody's going to know about. Where we live near Monroe. We live near Monroe. Uh, we live out in the boonies about an hour south of Monroe. Which is where the in duck North Louisiana. North Louisiana. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. That's right. We live just down the road from Duck Dynasty. That's right. Oh, that's pretty awesome. So that's why we're kind of like that one. <laughs> so obviously I wasn't around, well, I guess maybe at the beginning, but what were those early years then of homeschooling? Like you mentioned it a little bit, but what was that? What would you say is different back then from now? I think then we we felt a real call from God that that's what we wanted to do is about discipling our children and about really forming their character and um, kind of keeping the end in mind. And we didn't it wasn't about what curriculum we used because there weren't curriculums available. Mm -hmm. And so we did a lot of reading aloud. And, you know, I, I have friends, Deb Bell and Zan Tyler and Sally Clarkson and so many others that I have heard teach that were my age. They all we all did it the same way because we just got to know our children and, and ask God to show us. God, what is it that you want this child to learn and to know? I knew there was going to be gaps because there were certainly gaps in my education and in my husband's education. In fact, I started with the gaps like <laughs> World War Two. That was the first unit study we did because I could never understand how we being raised in the Cold War era, you know, when Russia being our main enemy, how were we allies in the war? So I, um, we never got that far in my education and I clept history in college, so I didn't take history. <laughs> and so I, we learned what I wanted to learn and understand. We did. History. So, awesome. um, 
Did, what, do you was, think it was, it was fun. <clears throat> we were free. We were freer. Yeah, and we yeah, weren't comparing because yeah. there wasn't anybody to compare to. <laughs> and that's what I see with a lot of young moms that are entering homeschooling. They want to know what's the right curriculum. Do I need yeah. to do, you know, or there's certain standards. They need to do classical conversations and or something that they feel safe. And, mm. you know, it just wasn't safe. It was about following God because we were entering uncharted waters. And so it was it was scary. But. I had to, I think the biggest thing I had to learn was that God didn't require perfection. He required faithfulness from me mm. as a mom. And at first we did it, you know, as long as my answer, because people would first ask, is it legal? And then they would ask, um, how long are you going to do this? <laughs> and my pat answer was as long as it works for them and as long as it works for me. Mm. Mm. But well, you sound anyway. so confident now, Jan, but, uh, you know, uh, was it because you've already mentioned, you know, you didn't have some of those early pressures. And, and I agree. You know, you, you didn't have a million things to choose from. There weren't the pressures to, you know, every kid's got to be a national spelling bee champion. Um, it wasn't social it, media. You didn't have social media. You didn't even have any. Really, like you said, you didn't know very many homeschoolers, so you weren't comparing very much. Um, did, did the way you homeschooled, did it change, you know, as you got older, as you homeschooled? You know, did you did you feel more freedom or did you feel less freedom maybe as it progressed? I started off very confident. My oldest child is brilliant. And so, therefore, I felt like a brilliant homeschool mom. You know, this is working. This is easy. I had him take the standardized test and had one of my friends who was a teacher to give it to him, and he made a 100. And I said, this test is a joke, you know, and I just thought, and so we were just flying ahead. And my younger daughter, my daughter, who was right under him, Every year we took a standardized test, and as long as they were scoring 99, I was happy. <laughs> and then God gave me my third child, and he couldn't read. And so then I realized, you know, maybe I'm not doing this just right. <laughs> and I had the older, I, I really, that's when I began to have fear enter in, mm. you know. And I um, began to second guess myself and of course he would say mom if you would let me go to the academy then i could read all of those kids read you know wow. and so yeah. i um i got scared well and i had fact, the oldest oh. kids tested hmm. and so for the gifted program you know and when i went in to have them tested they didn't want to test them because they said now, how long are you doing school with these kids? And what are you using with these children? And then after they tested them, they came out and said, how long each day are you teaching these kids? And what are you using with them? And, of course, they thought I should immediately put them in school because they were so right. What was I doing with them? I was going to ruin them, you know. Right, right. So it, it's just the ongoing battle that, when is enough enough? Right. And well, in yeah. fact, I remember you you saying, Jan, that uh, you even decided for your third son, you started. I, I think I might have the details wrong. You started homeschooling another child, thinking, you I know, did. maybe it's me as the teacher. And how'd that turn out? 
I wasn't, I felt surely I'm not giving the third child enough attention. So his best friend was my nephew and I homeschooled him one year and taught him to read beautifully. And mine still wasn't reading. And so, <clears throat> yeah. anyway, well, it, it was just, it, it was, he went on to the academy. In fact, it was funny because when he went to the academy, our local private school, for a week in the spring, he came home and he said, he started reading very slowly. And I said, what is wrong? And he said, we've been doing it wrong at Jan. I said, what do you mean? He said, that's how all the kids at the academy read. I said, no, no, no. We read in full sentences. Read. So he was doing great. My so son that is the oldest and the one that's the third that didn't read until he was like 10 or 11. Both of those boys, if I stood them in front of an audience today and had them talk to them, no one could identify which was which. And that's the beauty of homeschooling, because we were able to focus on that that third child's strengths and to be patient on the weakness and to do things that he knows to do. And he recently asked me that one that had the were learning struggles. He said, what did we do? What was my high school curriculum? And I just kind of laughed. I said, son, you didn't do high school work. Mm, yeah. And he said, yeah, but I went to college. I said, yeah, but that was your idea. I never dreamed you would go to college. And he went in photography. And so he, um, his education looked very, very different. In fact, every one of our children's high school education looked different. And that's the beauty of homeschooling is they can go well, their this, own direction, the way they're being. This is, uh, Dad wanted me to do an ad here, but I'm actually going to ask a question first here real quick. So the question was, but we're not going to ask this, were all your kids easy to teach? But you already answered that. So I was wondering if for a mom then who has that same kind of situation where maybe one of her child uh, children is you know, a little bit more difficult, what would you give advice-wise then to that mom? One, to know that God has a purpose for that mm. child and that God created that child. I see now some of the strengths that that difficult one had. And I, I think that in my experience in talking to moms, that you're going to have one that's going to be just be harder than all the others put together. And knows, often it's the one that's most like you and that can know just what buttons to push. And I, um, I feel like that being creative and finding things that child can be successful in and to keep introducing new ways of working on, like if it's reading, you know, they're going to need to read. It's not like you can just say, we won't do that, but maybe we're not going to do that right now and put mm -hmm. it off until later. Uh, keep trying new approaches, <clears throat> but don't, we have a tendency to beat our heads against the wall doing the one thing they can't do over and over and over mm. instead of really focusing on what they can do and how they feel about that. And um, so I think knowing that that's just going to always be a difficulty for that mm. child that has, you know, more than likely. And so finding things, he's so he's probably not going to do that professionally. So it really doesn't matter that much. Mm. And now and my son is in sales. Do what? And being okay with that, don't you think? Because I think, you know, that's some right. moms, we start to look at that one kid and we... We, we have a hard time smiling at them 
because, you know, they're making us look bad, you know, and we think we've failed. And so we end up having this conflict the whole time. We're just pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. And then we kind of wonder why they don't smile back at us anymore. Uh, right. That's right. And focusing on that one thing right. that we can't do. And if you keep pushing on a sore spot, eventually it's going to become a real infected place. Right, right. And not something you want to deal with. So, um, you know, I, that same son, when he was older, he opened his own skateboard business. He, he was a good athlete and um, started skateboarding. And so we opened, he had Rod's Ramps, LLC, and he mm, built skateboard ramps and learned how to run a business, sponsored tournaments, and he just, you know, had business cards and bumper stickers. And when he was 15... He got hired by the large Baptist church in West Monroe to build a skateboard park. Mm. And uh, he was asking everybody, you know, who should we get to build this park? And everybody started giving him business cards for Rod's ramps. And that he had sold, those are people that Rodney had sold ramps to mm. for Christmas and stuff. And um, one day he got a call and he hung up and he told me, he said, Mom, I don't think those men know that I'm 15. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's he, awesome. um, but, you know, he, he had had drafting lessons. We gave, we, he took drafting from a friend in town that worked uh, as a draftsman, and he learned how to really make excellent ramps and mm. had good business relationships with the local people. And anyway, we focused on what he could do, and... Uh, one year we did make him debate, though. We were involved in helping to start the National Christian Forensics Communications Association, NCFCA. It's a homeschool speech and debate league. And um, we did have him debate one year, even though it accentuated some of his weaknesses. Hmm. And he said that that was the most important thing we ever made him do, hmm. because once and for all, it answered the question, am I stupid? Mm. And he lost every round, and he looked really stupid. <laughs> <in some> ways. <laughs> he couldn't mm. take notes. He couldn't find the evidence to, to <laughs> give the right reputation. But he could make excellent arguments mm. against the other case. Even if he couldn't find the evidence to support his arguments, he realized that he could think. Mm. And it transformed his confidence because he really put the nail in the coffin of that question that was always present, am I stupid? Mm, and mm. he realized, I cannot read as fast. I cannot do a lot of things these other kids can do, but I can think. Mm. It was transformative for him. That's neat. Super awesome. I'm going to interrupt all of this encouragement to tell you about Teaching Textbooks, the math program we think will help you smile more. Teaching Textbooks is one of our favorite math curriculums. One of the reasons is because Teaching Textbooks explains, corrects, and demonstrates every problem to your child in an engaging way that takes the conflict and responsibility away from you. Plus, the latest version works on nearly any device, including Windows, Macs, tablets, and even smartphones, so you can take it anywhere. Worried that such a great curriculum will come with a high price? Guess again, their new lower price averages out to between $4 to $6 per month for 12 months. And Teach Textbooks even offers a discount of family plan. So if you are sick of the current math curriculum you're using, then give Teaching Textbooks a try. 
they offer a free trial and sample lessons over at teachingtextbooks.com we thank them for the support of the smiling homeschooler podcast well hey jan uh you know you kind of you talked about uh you know some of the the parts of homeschooling what were what was one of the maybe the hardest part because as as moms are listening to you you just sound like you kind of got it all under control and you know you probably loved doing all the school what were some of the hard parts of homeschooling for you i think when they started going into junior high and entering into high school that i got afraid mm. and not that i wasn't afraid before but it was manageable but when they started entering into those high school years honestly i was afraid they were going to turn out like me <laughs> you know and I thought, I wish they had somebody legitimate. I felt almost like an imposter. And I I went to my husband and I said, I think we need to put them in school. And he told me, he said, no. And the biggest thing was look at your children and back up enough away from the, the, the tension and the frustration that was in the height of that third one of not doing well, you know, and the other two going so far ahead that I was afraid of managing that. And, and it wasn't where we could all just sit on the couch and read and then go on horses and talk about it. It was a lot more complex. The older mm. they got, the more complex it was. And so I became more fearful of my inadequacies and aware of my own inadequacies. And so when I talked to my husband, though, he said, no, it's not a consideration, you know, mm. and that I like our children better than most of those in the youth group that I know from all these <laughs> other options. He said, why would we do that? And he even went so far as to say that he would stop his practice, his doctor work and do ERs on the weekends to homeschool those children if I died. And mm. so for the first time, we really made a commitment that we were in this for the long haul. And I think that 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 changed. It took the it took it off of my back and said, "Okay, God, if this is what you've called me to do, then you're responsible for it, not me." And mm. I just put the responsibility back on God and on my husband and said, "I'm going to do the best I can." And how they turn out, it's y'all's fault. And so then on the hard days. You know, I would honestly begin to think about, and there were definitely lots of hard days. I remember telling my daughter one day, when you're homeschooling, don't have a gun in the house. Was <laughs> so, it was, you know, there are those days where you just say, I quit. I'm no good at this. They don't want me to teach them anyway. And uh, mm -hmm. I think just keeping the perspective of the long haul, it's like in marriage, you just are committed. You're stuck. There's no other options. Right. So we may as well learn how to grit it out and love each other. Right. I will say this. If something's not working, do something different. Mm. And, you know, if you're crying instead of smiling, do something different. Even if it's just temporarily that, that your curriculum is not your God, that you can change and take the pressure off and to, you know, do something that they love, that they're excited about learning. It's it's not going to matter in the long haul. They're not the kids aren't going to remember the facts that you learned that year. They're going to remember how they felt about the experience. 
And if it's not feeling good, do something different. Play oh, that's a game. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, well, Jan, Ben's got to ask you a question in a second. But before I let him ask the next one, um, you know, you brought up a good point uh, because you you mentioned that that your husband was kind of helped you in those low times, you know, because I know a lot of husbands because I'm an encourager of husbands as well. Um, You know, I know my wife, she may not thank me at the moment. But I'll hear her tell someone else, oh, you know, I just thought, I can't do this anymore. But Todd said, you know, I was doing a good job. I have and, to. That's right. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm encouraging that the, I know that mostly mom's listening right now. Uh, but get your husband to listen to this and to hear how important his role in uh, homeschooling and in the life of our, of, our, of our homeschooling wife, how important that is. So we heard the and negative. And I told him he was going to have to step up and do some things that I didn't feel like I could do. Like how stupid of me to teach chemistry when he's a chemistry major. Right. You know, that, that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> and um, then some of the higher maths. And then other of the higher maths, like trigonometry or physics, we just didn't get to that. Yeah. And um, and it was okay. Caleb it was took a okay. Physics class in college. It was, okay. huh. it was just that's okay. A, we just didn't awesome. do that. For sure. And, oh, amen. Um, amen. This is awesome. Get it in college. If they really need it, they're going to get it in college. Right, Nobody right. else is going to teach them to work. They're not going to yeah. teach them to work in high in college. But I did. We taught them to work. Yeah. I put my boys <laughs> and my daughter to work up against anybody. We mm. had courses and activities, and they learned how to work. And they learned how to learn mm. and mm-hmm. to be okay with the fact that you're not going to cover it all. You're just not. So cover what you want to cover and trust God for the results. Really and truly, I would like, you know, sometimes God led people to a place where there was either no water and they had to drink from the rock, which was Christ. And sometimes when I was homeschooling, I would feel like that this is a dry and barren land. I don't know why I'm even doing this, you know, and and God would just speak to my heart. Just trust me. I'm going to fill you and fill your needs. Or, you know, I can do a miracle and throw the, the, the stick in the water at Meribah and make it sweet instead of bitter. Because mm-hmm. when your water is bitter that you're drinking in homeschooling, then you ask God for the solution. And he'll, mm-hmm. he'll provide that and to trust him. For my daughter, Emily, it was that we did an LSU correspondence class because we didn't have co-op. We didn't have a lot of things. So I found out that we could do a correspondence class. And when in her writing, when I would tell her, this is excellent. And she didn't believe me because what was my opinion worth? (laughs) But when that professor at LSU would say, excellent writing, you know, great work, then it meant something, but God can provide a solution to your problems. Mm -hmm. And he did for us. Mm. You know, computers and other things that I don't know a foreign language. I never had a foreign language. And, you know, they can learn a foreign language from the Mexican working down the street. Mm. It's just um, it's God can provide in ways that we don't know to fill in the gaps and the needs. Mm. So what do you think Mm. the best part then overall was of homeschooling your kids? Reading aloud. No doubt about it. When they were little. I would read aloud and, you know, in the witching hour at four o'clock when you're just getting supper done and ah, it's just 
everybody's ready to pull their hair out to sit and read aloud and Roger reading aloud at night. Mm. We have such sweet memories of him reading aloud at night and the kids, even now when they come home, they want daddy to read aloud. So he always reads aloud. Todd, he's read some of your Christmas stories to them, Mm. even as adults. Mm. And he's always looking for Christmas stories and holiday stories to read to them. When we would go on vacation before they got married and had children, they would say, what book are we reading? Mm. As adult children, mm. when we would go on vacation, they wanted to know what book we were reading. It, so it's cool. just yeah. one of the best things you can do from the time they're six months old until they're 36. Mm. Well, Jan, so you've got a lot of moms listening. Uh, some moms are going to listen later to this. Um, you know, and there you got this tired mom. You know, and she feels up to her eyeballs in children. She's ready to toss in the homeschooling towel. You know, or maybe the mom listening and she's not ready to toss it in yet, but maybe next week she'll be ready to toss in the towel. You know, what do you, what do you tell that mom who feels maybe like you feel like, you know, my kids are just getting stupider every day. I'm doing a <laughs> lousy job. You know, everybody else is doing a great job and I'm not. Maybe I should just put them in school because they all seem OK. What do you tell that mom? Because I know you've told you've talked to those moms lots. Um, but talk to one of them right now because they're this li- is the hardest thing that you will ever do, but it's the most worthwhile thing that you could possibly do for your children. No one is going to love your children like you do. No one knows your children like you do. Mm-hmm. And you have a direct line to the creator of that child that knows what his purposes are for that child. Don't forget to ask God what he wants for this child. And he can tell you, you know, and just like Jesus told Martha when she was all distressed and and bothered, he said, only a few things are necessary. Mm. Really, only one. And if you do nothing else but to communicate God's heart of joy and of wonder in the world, and you're being successful as a mom to mm. teach that child how to work effectively, how to love God and to love other people. And if you're, again, if you're wanting to quit, then maybe you're trying to do too much. Mm. And it's not that I don't think you ought to try. We considered all of life school. And I think that when I felt like I needed to give up, it was mostly when I I wanted I wasn't accomplishing what I thought I should be accomplishing with those children because I had an impossible list. It was an impossible list every day of what I wanted to get done with these Mm. children. And so, you know, when I say you're doing too much, I'm not saying don't do anything, but take some of the pressure off of yourself of what is truly realistic. If you get the first things done first of seeking his kingdom and his righteousness then you just have to trust him that he's going to add the rest of that stuff. Mm, mm, good stuff. Hang on one second here. I'm going to put a break here. One second. We're checking. I've got a couple, I, I have a couple questions here for you from uh, within the, the live chat here that I think are really good. Um, and two of them, one of them's quick. I think uh, it's from Allison uh, B and she said, how do you teach homeschoolers responsibility? Short, short question. Okay. 
I would start when they're little, like four years old. You start teaching them before they're competent or able to be competent because then it's cool. Like mm-hmm. if you ask, you know, a young child to do something like vacuum or, you know, wash the dishes, then they think that's awesome. <laughs> if you ask a teenager to do that who's never done it, they're perfectly capable, but it is totally not cool. You know, <laughs> if you ask. And so you start before they're truly competent. You give them real responsibility and try to make it fun and give them something that's just ahead of their capacity and and praise them and brag on them and let them do it often enough until they do gain confidence and then give them a new challenge, a higher challenge and something we didn't do. But, you know, there's a lot of great trial training programs on money management that they say pay for it. And pay pay these children, and then teach them to manage that money wisely. Awesome answer. And then Aunt Mo, uh, Melanie P said, "My eight year old is very asynchronous. He has a favorite subject, computer programming and design, but he hates writing. How can I round out his education to include subjects he's not interested in, like writing?" What would you say to her? Try to tie them to computers, mm-hmm. and have him write about, you know, one section of like when were computers created and then you talk about um what's the most expensive computer on the market one day that you know for a a long time do a very specific thing that that child has to look up and write about about computers awesome and oh dad you're back yeah i am you clinked out there uh, and I would even say, uh, you know, I work a compu- company that does computer like websites and uh, stuff like that. Uh, and there is actually a lot of writing for the, the web developers and the coders. They do a lot of stuff like design documents where they have to write out, like uh, describe what this website's going to look like or something like that, you know, or a program or something like that. And I think they could even maybe do like a fake project or something like that. You know, I think stuff like that could be fun for someone if he's mm-hmm. interested in that. But uh, our the last part is you're not going to find the curriculum about that. Though. Yeah. And that's you have to learn to trust yourself that, you know, writing is writing. And um, when mine was my reader was doing skateboard, I ordered every skateboard magazine that they had so that he could read about Mm. skateboarding because words are words and reading is reading. We read aloud enough as a family where he was getting other information. But the decoding, it had to be worth his effort. Mm. That's something I feel like a lot of people underestimate is that they think that reading means that it has to be like an incredibly influential, deep book, you know, to be worthwhile. And I feel like, you know, a lot of the reading I did younger was, you know, maybe focused around something, but it was just fun. And that made me like reading. And I think a lot of people kind of focus sometimes too much on that, that, that other stuff. But how, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or get a hold of you, what's the best way they can do that? Um, the best way to do that is at ladebate at gmail.com, or you could call me. You know, my home phone is 318-435-7881. Call me. I'll there be glad you go. To encourage you. you got some replacement windows to sell her? <laughs> Every week, my husband does um, a, a encouragement for parents of, of all types and ages, and you can um, find him on his Facebook page, and um, it's Dr. Roger Smith, but it's Parenting Matters Now. Parenting 
matters now. And he does a great um, video each week. So you can can also Facebook me, Jan C. Smith. Well, hey, Jan, thank you for joining us. And I hope some of those moms take advantage of it. I'll tell you, I was encouraged, and I know lots of moms are encouraged. And uh, I'm going to guess they're going to forget all this. And so in about, you know, sometime down the pike, we're going to have to do it again. Hey, Todd, you're the best. And you always are able to get right to the heart of the need for homeschooling. And I mm. really appreciate and value your ministry. Oh, and that's what we like about you. We, yeah, I mean, you just said so. We're going to turn some of your your uh, phrases into some plaques, and we're going to get those on uh, Facebook, <laughs> and maybe we'll get them printed out, and you can sure. we'll distribute them. They were awesome, awesome. That's Thanks great. for joining us, and say hi to your husband. Uh, and I'll tell you, you have, you, you have changed our lives in those, uh, whatever, those bacon-flavored almond, uh, toasted almonds. I'll never be the same again. Hey. <laughs> Y'all got to come back <laughs> okay. where you can, can stay longer. <laughs> that we love that. great. Okay, well, thanks for joining us. Hey, are you really going to be at um, the Texas, in Texas, for the greater, uh, not great, for um, yes. Teach Them Diligently? Yes. I don't we're know where. To see... I... Okay, well, we'll be there. We'll be San Antonio. There. Yes. We're coming we'll to there. see. That sounds awesome. See you that sounds soon. awesome. Okay, bye, Jan. Bye. She was staring out the window of their SUV. Thanks for listening to episode 22 of the Spine Homeschooler podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to Jan share some of her incredible wisdom as a homeschool mom. If you have any questions or comments for any of us, you can email us at Todd at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We hope you join us again next week. We also want to thank our good friends at Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all their great math products, view a sample lesson, and check out their affordable pricing over at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times. So take a good look around. You may not know it now. But you're going to miss this. she knows it she's a brand new bride in her one bedroom apartment and her daddy stops by he tells her it's a nice place she says it'll do for now starts talking about babies and buying a house daddy shakes his head and says baby just slow down you're gonna miss this You're gonna want